Welcome to a new episode of Talking Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best sleeping rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and myself covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter slash X at Talking Rivals. You can follow Patrick at Patrick Trotty. You can follow myself at CP7NY. And you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast at Spotify, Apple, Google, and all those places. And you could also find us at sportswireradio.org. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the other schedules of all the other great shows that are on the network. So, Patrick, we are finally there. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's officially baseball season because Super Bowl is over with. Um, as much as I love football, it's it's this is officially baseball time now. Now it's what pitchers and catchers report in two days. Full team workouts, I think, begin within the week. And we'll have spring training games within two weeks, less than two weeks. So it's full-on baseball, and I feel like a broken record, but some of these big-time names are still out there. And there's a lot of free agents, not even just the big names. There's a lot of serviceable quality veteran names out there yeah that could probably be had for a one-year deal yeah no i agree and it, i i find it amazing too because like you said they're big names but they're pretty decent players that you know could easily go on a team whether it's as a backup even as a starter i mean you're talking about guys like like hinjin ru right you, you could easily see him as a number five starter yeah, if he's if you're asking him to be the number four or five starter, he's a guy that I could see if he's healthy getting twenty starts on a decent team this year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you I got guess. Michael Lorenzen still, right? Yeah. Um, did Whit Merrifield sign anywhere yet? I think he did. Ahmed Rosario. I know Tim Anderson's been his market has been non-existent. Yeah, was he that? And big? I understand why with last year, but you'd have to think a team like the Marlins, somebody would buy low on one of these players, right? I mean, Tim Anderson, he's former batting champion. You're gonna just—he's yeah. t- totally falling off, <laughs> you know. And I think he's what? Yeah, so there's a lot of there's a lot of good names out there, and obviously it's headlined by Bellinger and Chapman and Snell and Montgomery. Um, which one of those four do you think, before we get into our team specifically, out of those big four names, let's say, which one do you think is most likely to settle for a one-year deal or the lowest amount of money? I would think maybe, maybe Bellinger. Because isn't he, he's probably the youngest. Probably. He's right? what, 28, 29? Yeah. And he's done the one-year qualifying offer before. And you know what? And Snell, Snell can't do any better on a one-year deal because he just won the Cy Young. So yeah. whatever he does, I mean, unless he hits, gets another Cy Young back-to-back, I mean, outside of that, he's going to take a step back. So I can't see him taking a one-year deal. Chapman, maybe Chapman as well because – uh, you know, he didn't really play that great last year for from what from May on. He was, or yeah, he had a great start and then he just kind of 
he just regressed all season offensively. I mean, defensively, yeah. he's still great. Um, do you think someone's going to take a shot? We were talking about him a little bit earlier. Um, <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, is someone going to sign um, oh. Tim Anderson? No, not Tim Anderson. Before we signed on, who was the pitcher we were talking about? Oh, uh, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Do you think someone's going to take a shot with him? Because you got him. Yeah, especially with his comments. Um, he's willing to play. His most recent for... comments, you could say, were the best comments he's ever made. Yeah. <laughs> which is a low bar, but he managed to trip and fall over it. So he said that he's willing to play for a league minimum. And, you know, he's willing to take the one-year deal. And he just wants to play. So far, he's saying the right things. So, um, I'm just on my side of the screen. I'm just shaking my head as I'm saying this. Yeah, I'm saying the right things. He's saying the right things. But I'm like, as long as it's not on my team, go for it. Right. Um, and I know famously this week, Papelbon had gotten in the uh, into the fray and said and offered to the Red Sox that he'll pay the one-year league minimum salary. And if it doesn't work out, I don't know what working out means, but if it doesn't work out, Papelbon pays for it. If it works out, the Red Sox pay him back. I, I don't even know how that would work, but interesting little gimmick. I wonder if he's his agent now. Is the um, money the problem, though? I don't think the money is the problem with him. Yeah, I don't think it's the money. I, I just think it's one of those things where what what team is going to be best suited to be that first team to take him on and to deal with that backlash? I said it a bunch of episodes back. I could see him going to a small or mid-market team in the Midwest somewhere, kind of just quietly – try to be quiet about it and just go to some random franchise. And then maybe at the deadline, if he's still pitching well, trade into one of these bigger market teams that's in it contention-wise. That's why I... I, I almost see him going to like somewhere like Colorado and yeah. saying, you know what? I'm going to double down. Nobody believes in me. I'm going to take the one-year minimum and I'm going to go to a ballpark like Coors Field so if, if you're telling me I can't pitch and I pitch in Coors Field after not being in the big leagues for three years, someone's definitely going to pick him up halfway through the year. If he pitches to like a sub four ERA, someone's going to trade for him. Right. But see, but that's the, the reason why I don't see anybody signing him because why wouldn't a team like Colorado or pick your name, you know, like Kansas City, any well, of these. Why doesn't Detroit sign? Right. Why not? You got nothing to lose. They lost Spencer Turnbull, Turnbull this week. They lost Eduardo Rodriguez earlier in the offseason to Arizona. Um, yeah, I, I could see him going to a place like Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, the league minimum, why not? Because if he's that bad, you just cut him. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't owe much, so who cares? It's probably not going to be a guaranteed contract. I mean, probably guaranteed minimum whatever it is. But other than that, I mean, there's no. I think the minimum last year was 740,000. All right. So let's say if it's 800,000. So you give them 800,000, 900,000. 
I think he might even have to pitch a um, – he might have to do a minor league deal with an invitation to spring training. Again, there to me, if if that's what he would take, I mean, there is no – there's no risk in that. If he comes – listen, if he comes into camp and he's becoming a problem and he's becoming a headache, cut him. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. So there's got to be – there's got to be something more to it than just that, because otherwise somebody would just take a chance. Another guy who's I, I just see his name now, too, is what about Julio Urias? He's got that domestic violence issue, too. Yeah, I think that was moved to what a misdemeanor now. Not saying that that's any better. Right. I'm just saying I think that was downgraded to a misdemeanor or they're not going to. I'm not sure if they're filing charges or they're going through with it or. But uh, stuff wise, yeah. Julio Arias, I would, I would take a flyer on in a heartbeat, but I think it's too soon for a lot of teams. Yeah, Bauer, it's it's been two three years, and I know this stuff is lingering, and more stuff keeps coming out. And I, I, I again, I just don't know what team wants to be that first team to take right. that risk, even though there's not a big financial risk. I, there's always the risk of him doing something in camp of just like screwing up any type of clubhouse, you know, togetherness. What happens if another, what happens if he signs with your team and then a week later, somebody says some victim comes out and says, look, this happened to me too. Yep. And I think that's what, that's probably what teams are afraid of. And I think that's a, that's a fair you know, hey, yeah. I think it's more than fair to be fearful of that, and you right. gotta, you gotta do all your homework when you, when you deal with any player. I mean, because right. we're saying it's not that much money, but it's almost a million dollars, and that's like, you know, that's peanuts for them. But still, you don't want to just give a guy a contract and say, yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden something comes up and you wasted that money. But no. yeah, I, I'm gonna say he doesn't pitch in the majors this year. Yeah, I don't think so either. Because if there's other uh, cases out there against him, innocent or not, you know, I'm not saying he's guilty, innocent or whatever, but if there's four or five cases out there of domestic domestic violence against him, you know what? Uh, you, you just can't take a chance. I mean, money, obviously financial, forget about that for a second. You're also bringing a guy in like that, and this guy's going to be wearing your wearing your uniform, your hat, He's going to be representing your team, your franchise. So I think it's that's so much bigger because, like you said, if someone comes out and says, oh, by the way, this guy did this to me too, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, now he's a, now he's a Yankee or he's a Red Sox or he's a – you know what I mean? Right now he's just some pitcher that got, you know, sent away a couple of years ago, got suspended or whatever, or thrown out of baseball. But if someone signs him, now you're attached to him. Now it's going to be in the in the, you know, anytime you see him in the news, it's going to be Bauer of the New York Yankees, Bauer of the, you know, right. San Diego Padres, whatever it is. So I think that's what teams are worried about. So and with Urias, it's weird that you haven't heard anything because this guy's in the prime of his career. I mean, he's 27, 28 years old. Lefty he was pitching great, too. Um so there might be more to that story as well. Yeah, he doesn't turn 28 until after the All-Star break. Yeah, so that's 
lefty. He won't face felony charges. Um, I guess the DA will not file charges against him. But that was found out a month ago. So, Right. We still haven't heard anything about him. Yeah. So that's it's it, it is. And then another guy, Domingo Herman, you haven't heard anything about. Right. The only thing I heard about him was a couple of weeks ago that the Orioles and the Blue Jays were looking at him. And we obviously see what the Orioles did since then, getting Corbin Burns. So right. So he's probably out. <laughs> so there's a lot of question marks that are still available, but then there's a lot of guys that are, you know, you can have them for fourth or fifth starter on your rotation. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the look, if, if you wanted $200 million, like Bellinger wanted, I'm not sure how little he's getting in offers that his agent is telling him wait it out. Like, when does that point come where he has to say, you know what, when, when is, I know it's different for pitchers than it is for hitters probably, but yeah. when do you think one of these big free agents says, you know what, it's time to cut our losses, take a deal and get into spring training? Uh, you know what, I would thought, especially the pitchers, I would have thought now because pitchers and catchers are reporting. You want to get. Yeah, they report you know, this week. So, yeah, that's why I, I thought. For sure, by this week or this week, we would have heard something with one of the pitchers. And, you know, like we've heard nothing about Snell, which is shocking. The guy just wanted a Cy Young. We've heard nothing about him. Um, Montgomery, we heard just the opposite. We heard that the Rangers are not going to be or, or haven't been involved in trying to sign him when that's what was the, you know, basically that was the, the rumor out there for a while that he was going to just go back to the Rangers. And now he's still out there and nobody's going for him either. Maybe I'm sure you heard the thing. We were going to talk about it too with Boston, maybe signing him. Yeah. I, I think teams are, I think you brought it up last episode. If you look at the back of his baseball card, look, he had, he, he pitched phenomenally in the, uh, in the playoffs last year, but what did he have? 10 wins last yeah. year. 11, I think. He was like 11 and 10. Um, do you really want to give that guy $30 million a year? And I know it's the going rate for pitchers, but... And that was his career high in wins, by the way. 10 and 11. Yeah. And he played for, what, two teams? Three teams? Two teams. And Yeah, he's... I, I think he's a middle... Listen, he's a solid middle-of-the-rotation starter. That's what he is to me. Um, he came up big in the playoffs. That was great. And in the World Series. But I think he's he already 31. Right. Which is he pitched for seven years. And out of the seven years, this last year, he got a third of his war and almost a third of his wins. This past year. Right. Good ERA, low threes. He's a career 3.6 ERA. So. If you're paying for mid three ERA and like a 500 record, I don't know if that's worth 30 million. But I I, I don't think it is. I I personally don't think it is, and that's why. And I'm sure if if we don't think it, I'm sure a lot of other teams are saying, "Wait a minute, we're going to pay a number." And I think Boston, if they're being honest with themselves, can say, 
look, it's it's not if we're paying Jordan Montgomery 30 million a year for five to six years of contract, he's asking that much because of what he can offer in the postseason. He's using that on his resume. And if Boston is being honest with themselves, this roster that they have is not just Jordan Montgomery away from being in the playoffs this year. I don't think. Right. At least not a division winner and like deep into the playoffs. And you know what? And when you look at what you're paying for his postseason work. Yeah. And you've come off what? Two last place finishes in the last three years. I think it's, I think that would just be throwing good money after bad, whatever they say, like however the saying goes. I don't, yeah, I agree. A one year deal, sure. Great. But, and, and let's not, let's not go too far ahead of ourselves with the playoffs. He wasn't lights out. Yeah, he was great in the wild card, seven innings, no runs against Tampa. Then against Baltimore, the, the next round, he threw four innings and gave up. Yeah. Five runs, four earned. Then he did great against Houston in three appearances, two starts, 14 innings, two earned. But then in the World Series, he made one appearance, six innings, four runs. So, yeah. And even with that, if you go all the way back in his career from 2020 all the way through now, career 2.63 ERA. Yeah. Which is good. It's good. I'm not saying it's bad, but. Yeah. Remember, you're paying this guy thirty million dollars or about thirty million dollars a year, and you're gonna get you have to sign him for what five six years? I would assume he wants. This is thirty one. Yeah, he, yeah. So, I don't think he wants anything less than a five year deal, at the at the least. So, I think at the least he wants that Rodon deal. Right. And the Yankees would probably be like, <laughs> "We're not going to do that again," you know. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the Red Sox give that contract out. I think they're just getting out from under Chris Sale's contract, and that worked out for the one year he won the championship in 2018. But after that, it did not work out. And I, I don't know. I'm just I'm looking at the AL East, and I'm trying to find a way to talk myself into having the Red Sox make the playoffs. And that's if everything breaks right and they make a wild card. And that's if also other teams don't break right. That's if Baltimore takes a step back. Tampa takes. But they have Corbin Burns now. I, I don't. That's if I'd have to argue that if everyone's healthy, I'd have to argue that these young Orioles take a step back, and then Soto. Something happens with Soto as far as just on the field, he just doesn't play well because he's looking forward to free agency. Or Rodon isn't as he's like last year, and then you still have Tampa Bay and and Toronto. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 tough to it's tough to rank this AL East right now. Yeah, it it is. No, it, it's definitely tough. And just looking at what with Boston, like even if you do add Jordan Montgomery to that rotation. Is it really making it that much better? Where you're going to say it okay. would if you're asking him to be the number two or three starter, right? But you're not. You're you're putting him in as number one. Well, who's if he signs with Boston tomorrow, he's the number one starter. 
who's the ace now? You think Giolito? I would say I would give opening day to Brian Bayo, but that's just me. Right. I would just say, you know what? You're our guy. We bring in Giolito to give us innings. I, 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 I think a lot of it now is just their homegrown pitching. They're asking a lot out of uh, Tanner Houck, uh, Winkowski, Carter Crawford, guys like that. Yeah. And I think they're all different, varying degrees of solid, but I don't think any of them. Again, I go back to in a wild card, even if it's a best of three now, Garrett Cole gets the ball. Kevin Gaussman gets the ball. Corbin Burns gets the ball. Tampa Bay is going to throw out a no-name former Mexican league pitcher that is an ace somehow. Right. So they've got it covered. And then Boston throws out, you know, they'll throw out a couple of guys that are that are solid rotation guys. Right. But it's not, it's it's not Burns, it's not Gaussman, and it's not Cole. Right. Yeah, that's why I don't know if signing Montgomery really does it for Boston. I think what does it for Boston is getting a guy like like what Baltimore did with Corbin Burns. Right. That would have been you get Corbin Burns, you put him at the one, and then you slot everyone behind him. Right. If you're getting Jordan Montgomery, say even they got him on a cheap deal, I still think that's a great secondary move. It's like a lights out secondary move. But then they'd still have to make that move for, I guess now, like Lazardo from Miami or Cease from the White Sox. Right. So it's going to cost you the 30 million a year and then another trade. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Red Sox are in a tough spot right now because again, they their their payroll, it's not small market, but it's not. I think we're 120 less than the Yankees right now. 120 million. Yeah, that's incredible. So that would be, you know, a couple of Jordan Montgomery's. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, there there are differences on the roster. I mean, you know. Yeah. You have Devers not... and you guys have a, a litany of guys that you could put up there. So yeah, I don't most you know what? Take my chances with what we got, what you got in the rotation, and the... I would look at the trade deadline. If they, if right. everything works in the first half, then just go for it. Yeah, or keep an eye on Cease. No matter what, you you know, keep an eye on Cease because he's got what I think two years of control. Cease, so... guys like Lizardo. Yeah, maybe if a guy on Colorado or Oakland has a hot first half stuff like that but yeah i think i think the way to play it is to go into go into spring training with what you've got and maybe try to shore it up by trading someone like jansen and using that money for a starter yeah you know what but then you trade jansen now you got an open you got a hole at closer yeah you know it's easy to say oh we'll just put whitlock as our closer or we'll make martin the closer or whatever but how do you know that's going to turn out okay? You know, Jansen, you know he's solid as a, as your closer. Yeah. That's why I think, I'll be honest, I'm not saying give up on the season and not do anything, but at this point it's almost like who's going to – who can you add right now through free agency that's going to 
puts you into okay, we're serious wild card contenders. Like right now, you're for the on Red Sox to be the wild card team, or for me to think that realistically, I think they'd have to sign like three or four guys right now that are still available. Right, and that's not going to happen. So I think they'd have to sign Whit Merrifield. Probably, if they sign Solaire, Whit Merrifield, and Jordan Montgomery. Mm. All right, let's go. Yeah. And then they could still, you know, you could still have stuff go wrong and you'd still win 80-something games and not make it. But Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, as much as I see... Some Red Sox fans saying, oh, they're just they're already giving up on the season and they're playing like a small market team and they're not paying people. I'd like to look at it the other way. Uh, I'm still until there's a game played, you have to be positive. So my positive outlook on this year coming up is they're going to get a lot of homegrown young talent and they're going to look at them and they're going to see how they play. Right. I, I think I think that's what it's about. And then. At least you know, by the end of this year, you'll know who's who's a legit guy that you yeah. can around with, who you're going to build around or yeah. build with, or guys that you know. Okay, <laughs> you know what? Because the rumor was as of as of a couple of days ago, as recently as like this weekend, it was that the Padres are interested in Jaron Duran, and he's got five years of control. So that that should net you a pretty decent pitcher. Yeah. But then yeah. you have another hole opening in the outfield. And so it's almost like playing whack-a-mole right now. So I agree with you. I, I'd say just go into spring training with what you have. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to trade Duran, yeah, then maybe you look into, you know, then you – you know what? Then if you trade Duran, then you could see you could possibly sign Bellinger. You know, maybe that makes that'd you be better. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, but it is, it's, I mean, if one move, then you have to make another one. and Right. So, unless you get blown away with the, with, by, for a trade for Duran, I would keep him, you know? Yeah, because you can still revisit trades because, like I said, he's got five years of control. Yeah, trust me. If, if, if he's having a good season, Teams are going to be looking for him at the trade deadline, right? Yeah, and I, th I think he only played 102 games last year. We were at the game in Yankee Stadium where he got hurt. Right. Um, and after that, he wasn't the same. But I think he played in 102 games, and he had 34 doubles. So he was on pace for a 50-double season. He was yeah. on pace for 50 doubles and well over 30 stolen bases. So I would hang on to him, but. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, unless you get blown away by uh, an offer, then you think about it. You know, he's not a young – he's 27. No, no, he got a late start, so. Yeah, so it took him a while to click. And yeah. But um, on the flip side, what, what would you do with the Yankees? Are you – would you be aggressive if you're the Yankees right now? Or I mean, is are the Snell talks? Or is that just like Yankee fans just wanting to just grab any every free agent they can? Or is that realistic? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think that's just Yankee fans just trying to grab every player we can. I mean, 
I think we've had a pretty good offseason. You know, I mean, the roster, yeah, it's got question marks, but like we talked about it last week, I mean, every team's got the question marks in the rotation. Uh, after Cole, it's, yeah, Rodon, what are we getting out of Rodon? Is it going to be? And I, I think you got to believe he's got to bounce back. He just has to. Um, a guy just doesn't fall off a cliff that quick. Um, so I, I think he'll be fine, especially with a full spring training. I, I think we'll see the Rodon of a couple of years ago. What um, is it? Was was his latest injury his back? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that I, threw everything out of whack and he was just he wasn't he didn't look himself last year. No, definitely not. Definitely not. That's why it, it, you got to see him bounce. Obviously, if he doesn't bounce back, it's going to be, you know, a disaster. But um, it, you yeah, gotta, I think if he's healthy, the, the big thing is just availability. If he can yeah. make every fifth start. And then you can start tweaking things on the map. But if he's not available, you can't really. Yeah, and I think what hurt him, too, there was no spring training for him. You know, he yep. started late and all that. So, um, <clears throat> And then Strowman. Strowman was great the first half last year, made the all-star team. And then he had injuries, too. So he's another one. Just got to keep him healthy. Nestor Cortez, same thing. Got to keep him healthy. So health is a big thing. Clark Schmidt was solid. And you know what? If he's your fifth starter, that's not bad as your fifth starter. So um, I, I just think, to me, the looming question is going to be somewhere in the in the infield, right? Because you got DJ playing third, and Torres, the last two years, we've heard his name in trade rumors. He's going into his last year of his contract, you know, before he, before he becomes a free agent. Um, so are they going to be – okay with LeMahieu playing every day at third base. Can he handle playing third base every day? You know, he's not a young guy anymore. You know, you're talking about a guy who's 35 years old now, um, been injured a little bit the last couple of years. He's been banged up a little bit, not a lot. But, you know, you're talking about a guy who's hitting last year, 243, the year before, 261, the year before that, 268. You know, after leading the league in batting the, the year before, in the um, the COVID season. So I think to me, he's the biggest question mark on the, on the position player side, you know, outside of the pitching, the starting pitching. He's to me the biggest question mark because if he doesn't work, right, people are like, oh, we'll just put Peraza in at third. Now Peraza just didn't, off, he didn't do much offensively. So he's no automatic as well at third base. You know, his glove is great, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think they'd like to I, I think they'd like to see Peraza, you know, offensively become the player that they thought he'd be, but right now he just hasn't. So do you think you I think you could carry a guy that's glove first? Yeah, as a utility guy. Lineup if the other guys are healthy. <clears throat> right. And I think if so. If Rizzo is healthy, because what you're getting from Torres offensively is unlike most second basemen. Right. And Volpe, as long as he continues to work on getting on base, a little less strikeouts, I think your outfield is vastly improved, obviously. Yeah, the outfield, we got no problems at all. I mean, you got – that's probably, you know, arguably the best starting outfield in baseball right now, Soto. But Joe. imagine if, 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 if health is not the issue, if Rizzo is back and Stanton is healthy, and if it's just them on the field, that you're worried about, not the health. I think you could go with somebody that 
look, obviously if the guy's batting in the one hundreds, you know, you yeah. gotta get, you gotta get, you gotta batch your weight if you're going to be a glove first guy. But I think you can get away with that. I think in an ideal world, LeMahieu might be almost like your roving type of guy, a little right. here, a little there. Yeah, I, I, I would, I'd prefer him to be that and Peraza take the third base job and, you know, he'll play short whenever Volpe needs a day off. You know, and Stanton obviously is another big one because, you know, yeah, you could throw him in right field, but he was horrible in the field last year. I mean, he was just one of the worst fa- fielders you'll see. So can you carry him as just a DH only guy? I mean, and that's what we're really stuck with here for the next, you know, four years with him is that he's just going to be a DH guy. I don't see him being an outfielder. And some people said, oh, he should start playing first. I, I don't know if he can handle first base, you know, I mean, it's not a position you could just pick up and start playing. So if that's something that he wants to do, that's great. But I, I don't know. That's Yeah, I think the people that say that, <laughs> a lot of people just say, oh, just put him in the corner somewhere or just right. put him at first base. It's like I, you got to be a little – I think that's – yeah, I, I would keep him at the edge. Yeah, and just hope that he worked on things this offseason. It looks like he did. He, he's in great shape, you know. We hear that all the time. Um, so I, I listen, and that's another guy you hope bounces back. And yeah, if he bounces back, I mean, then the lineup you could put anybody at third base, and it's not going to matter, right? If he bounces back too, because then you're talking about him and Judge and Soto, Rizzo, Torres. You know, Volpe could bat seventh or eighth, and you know, again, Wells. Wells you know, we're hoping to see his bat kind of come alive like it did at the end of. Uh, the season last year so um, yeah I, I there's only a couple of question marks really that you got to worry about obviously the rotation that's something I'm worried about too but you also got to be positive and say listen Rodon is gonna bounce back he just he has to well Towards right him. now the season started all your pitchers are healthy obviously yeah so you're going into spring training you're not going into spring training with a guy no that just had surgery a couple weeks ago no and and when you look at the bullpen, the bullpen got better. They added uh, Caleb Ferguson from the Dodgers, big-time lefty. Um, they also added, uh, or added Victor Gonzalez earlier in the season from the Dodgers, in, early in the offseason. So, and then, you know, you got guys coming back, like Scott Efferis, who we didn't see at all last year. Um, and you got Lewis Hill coming back as well. So, and then you got some of the minor, uh, you know, guys in the minor leagues that they're talking, uh, you know, talking up a lot about Clayton Beater, Will Warren, you know, a couple of those guys you, you're probably going to see at some point. I think Beater is going to have a pretty solid year. I think if if he pitches up to his capabilities, I could see Beater getting some pretty important outs this summer with the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, he might I, be. I also think another guy that kind of almost gets lost in the shuffle is Ian Hamilton. Yeah, he was really solid last year. Yeah. And I could see, going back to what you said about Beater, I could see Beater being that guy like uh, Michael King was when he came up, you know, that mm-hmm. multi-inning reliever, and then eventually switch back to starting, you know, in the end of the year or two. But I could definitely see that guy being – because someone's got to take the place of, you know, that Michael King multi-inning guy because um, that's a, you know, that that's a big weapon to have in the ballpen having Michael King in the bullpen, and now that he's not there, 
that's a that's that's a big spot to pick up. And maybe Beater is that guy. Um, but the bullpen, I'm not worried about because <laughs> even if they don't have the guys now, like they'll figure it out. You know, that's the one thing we can't say anything bad about Cashman is he's always figured out the bullpen one way or the other. Yeah. So, <laughs> excuse me. So I'm not worried about their catching depth looks solid too, with Trevino coming back, Austin Wells. Then you got the guys in the minors that you got coming up as well. So really there's only, you know, position wise, a couple of guys, right? Obviously Stanton and to me, DJ at third, but like he said, if everybody's hitting, if DJ's not hitting and, you know, you put him more in a backup role and make Peraza play third base, you're, you're fine. You know, you kind of, kind of cover your bases that way. So I think that's really it, you know, for me with, with question marks or concerns with the Yankees entering, you know, spring training right now. Um, Are there any, have they, they haven't obviously announced yet um, spring training invites like the final list of invites, but are there any spots on this roster where you could see somebody cracking the 26 man roster that kind of just gets hot in spring training? Like, is there a spot to be had on the bench? Or... Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, I, I was thinking about that for both our teams, and I'm trying to think. For the Red Sox, I see most of the rotation is they have, like, musical chairs. They have, like, six to eight guys that they're going to put out there and see which five they're going to go with. But – I'm not sure. I'm looking at the Yankees roster and it, I'd like to say I'd probably, I would say is maybe Cabrera. What happens with him with the great yeah. spring training. And and they did announce the Yankee non-roster invitees. Okay. Um, I, I can only see to me, to me, there's a couple of spots where if you're going to say the Yankees where, where there's a, an actual position battle, you know, um, I would say the utility role because I think in a perfect world, you make Oswald Cabrera your super utility guy because he could play everywhere in the infield, outfield, and he's a switch hitter. But offensively, he was very inconsistent last year. So if he does not hit well in spring training, you know, that kind of opens up the door for that that utility role, you know, a guy that could play all positions, whether it's the outfield or the infield. So that to me is the only spot position wise catcher. You think it's going to be Trevino and excuse me and Wells. Um, and like you said, all the other spots look pretty much done. The outfield. I don't see any spots there. And, and unless there's an injury to one of the starters, that's your rotation. You're starting five, the bullpen, maybe, you know, you see one of those guys that they picked up, uh, Cody Oteed or Cody Morris, one of those guys being a, a long man added, you know, at the back of the bullpen. But I think the bullpen is pretty much set, too. So I, I don't know if there's going to be many, you know, quote unquote position battles outside of that. Um, the super utility role. Um, I think that's really it. Yeah, I'm looking at the non-roster invitees for. Red Sox, and maybe there's a spot there for like that multi-inning reliever swing guy type of thing. Yeah. But if I'm being honest with myself, nobody on this list 
really excites me other than a couple of the prospects that they're giving a look to. But the rest are just depth pieces. If injuries happen, you need a guy from AAA. I think, yeah, that's – I think both our teams are like that. You know, yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll are you really looking at somebody like Nick Sogard? No. If he yeah. – yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to see a guy like Spencer Jones. You know, we've been hearing so much about him. You know, Will Warren. Um, I mean – Yeah, the big name for the Red Sox fans right now was uh, former – I think he was former second round pick or maybe even first round pick, Nick York. He's only 21, second baseman. He played all year last year in double A and batted 270. 13 home runs, 61 RBIs in 110 games. They gave him uh, an invite to spring training. So uh, most likely he's going to start in double A and then just get off the triple a this year but he's only 21 so it's not nothing when you bring up your i think he's their fifth or sixth ranked prospect so guys like that like you said spencer jones i've been hearing a lot about for for you guys um just an athletic presence like just the way he's built he's he's uh he looks the part yeah, supposedly he's a left-handed Aaron Judge. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Yeah. But that's why, you know, all these teams when, you know, when Burns was being talked about possibly trading. Yeah, of course, they asked for Spencer Jones. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and again, you know, I I think a lot of, you know, and it's not the fans' fault, you know, like we we say, "Oh, all right, don't take him, but take our second, third, or fourth best prospect." But you know, on, on the flip side, the other teams don't look at those guys as that good, you know, maybe, or not what they're looking for. They see Spencer Jones. They're like, okay, we want him for our ace pitcher, you know, even though he's only got one year of control. But yeah. um, but I, I think, to be honest, and I, I think I've said it a few times with Spencer Jones, I don't think the Yankees are going to trade him because he's, he's kind of the insurance if Soto doesn't sign a long-term deal here, you know? Yeah. I think not it, only that, but isn't Verdugo going into his walk here too? Yeah. So I, I think I think they're going to hold on to Spencer Jones all year. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, and then next off season, yeah, when Soto signs, then I think Spencer Jones might be moved because then you got an outfield of Spencer Jones, Jason Dominguez, Aaron Judge, and you still got Grisham, right? And we're still stuck with uh, Stanton for another three years or after this year. So, and to me that there's no, there's no definite that, you know, Soto's going to sign. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's going to drag out just like some of these other ones. I don't think Soto's going to drag out that long next season. No, it's, I think it's going to drag out as far as this season, during the season. I don't right. see him signing. No, but, right. I think, but I think it's going to be a quick signing in the off season because. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be one of those guys in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, I mean the guy's yeah. what 25, 26 years old. He's already. Yeah. You know. uh, multiple teams are going to throw him enough money where it's just he can just basically have his pick of which coast he wants to play on or how many opt outs he wants. You know, maybe the Dodgers won't be it, or maybe they are. You never know. But you know, you got to look at the Mets, the Yankees. And you got to throw the Orioles in there now because of the new ownership, you know, yeah. I mean, they're, they're a player now in, 
in free agency. So the Yankees, I, I think it's it's so, and this is why it's this season is so important for the Yankees to have a, a good season. Like if they, for whatever reason, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if they have a bad season like they did last year, guys got injured and they end up playing 500 ball and they don't get into the playoffs, I don't know if Soto's going to come. You know, I don't think he's, he's going to sign here. Not for, you know, just because, you know, it's like you got bad vibes all year, you know, and then it's like, oh, I'm going to sign here for a decade or 12 years, whatever he's going to want. Right. But I think if they get to the playoffs, have a nice run, and God forbid they win the championship, yeah, you know, then you got the ticket tape parade and all that. That's all added stuff. Yeah, it's not a bad first impression. That's what I mean. So I, I'm hoping that that's what happens. You know, you can't expect it to happen, but. It would be great if remember weren't we saying all the time with Otani we were predicting five hundred million, yeah. And then at one point, I think one of us talked the other one into maybe six hundred, right, <laughs> for a prediction. But we had no idea about seven hundred, right. And I know it's way early, but where do you think Soto? Like, if you had to do one of those like the Price is Right things over under, oh, where do you see Soto's contract next offseason? I think it's going to be between five and six hundred million, and you see it being like twelve years. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because twelve for twelve for fifty a year is six hundred. I, I yeah, that's. I mean, how old is he? He's 24, 25, 25 years. Twenty five. Yeah. So you could sign him to a twelve year deal, and he's still only thirty seven, right? Yeah. I mean. Look at, I mean, it's just, I think the big thing is going to be number of opt outs. Obviously, after, you know, where he wants to play and all that stuff, I think he might want another crack at free agency in a couple of years because not that he has to prove more, but I think if he has, he hasn't had, as crazy as it sounds, he hasn't had his best year yet. No, I, well, you hope not. I don't think he has. Right. I, I think you're just – I think you're – he's already scratching at where he's going to get to, but he's kind of – he's still ascending, so to speak. So – and it has to do with him coming up at such a young age. But I think you haven't seen the best of him yet. And also, just sheer money-wise in the market, every year the free agency market is getting more and more expensive. Every year, it just it's just the way it works. Right. So what he signs for in 2024 offseason is not going to be equal to what somebody signs for in a 2029 offseason, obviously. Yeah. So I think he's going to want a couple opt-outs just to get another bite at that apple. Yeah, I, I think that happens. Sure. Maybe after five years, three years. Because uh, can you imagine after, say – Say he signs the twelve-year deal, and after four years, he gets an opt-out, and he has another championship under his belt, and he has a career year, like in like a no doubt, unanimous, like just MVP type year. And he's only twenty-nine or thirty, and he hits free agency again. Oof. He's he's going to get much more than forty-five a year. Yeah. So, I think it's just a matter of specifics but i could see the mets and yankees uh big time bidding war but i I agree with you i don't think it lasts that long into the offseason no because i I, you know we're talking about a 25 year old guy 
We're not talking yeah. about a 31-ish, you know, free agent, you know, with um well, the one thing it not that it's gonna matter, but there will be the um uh the draft pick attached to him, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure the Yankees will offer him that the one year or whatever. And yeah. So but um yeah, no, it's I uh, easy fifty million a season. I think that's easy, e- easy money right there for him. As crazy as it sounds, I mean, to me, it's like it's play money now. Like you can't even like, yeah. it's like monopoly. Think, you know, you can't. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I think the bigger thing with the Yankees in spring training, and I was just thinking about this. We talked about it a little bit last episode or two episodes ago. I think the biggest thing outside of getting everybody healthy and just getting them reps in spring training is going to be tinkering with the batting lineup, with the order. Yeah. I think that's a big question. Um, it's a good question to have if you're a Yankee fan because of the sheer talent that you now have in this year's lineup. It's like a good problem to have. But I think I think you're going to get Soto, get some at-bats at, at the top of the order. I think you're going to get uh, I think it's going to be equally intriguing at the bottom of the order too, just looking at it from afar, because you're going to have some really good young bats in the bottom of that order. You're going to have Wells, you're going to have Volpe, yep, both with that bats from last year taking a step forward, but then asked to be further down in the lineup, and that's going to take take some pressure off. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I don't like Soto batting leadoff because I like. Him driving in guys and yeah, and second or third. I, I'd like to see it. I for me, I'd like to see it be Judge and Soto two and three, and first try to figure it out between Verdugo, uh, DJ LeMahieu, Volpe. I don't think is maybe by the end of the year we'll see him lead off, but the way he finished last year, I wouldn't bat him lead off. You know, no, I, I would think he would be at, near the bottom of the order. Yeah, almost do like a second lead off. Right. And hopefully he gets that on base up a little bit. Strikeouts go down a little bit. He's got to see improvement in that way in his second season. That would be good. You know, Torres, you might see him lead off too. That's, I mean, yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be a very interesting uh, thing to see how they work out this, this lineup. Um, Cause you could stagger right and lefty, right and left the whole, you know, do the whole lineup that way too. You really want you go Soto two, Judge three, Rizzo four, then you could go Stanton five, um, Verdugo, right? Um, Torres seven, um, Wells. That's eight. a pretty deep line if you have, if you have Torres seven. Yeah, I mean that's what you yeah. could do. Even Verdugo, yeah. you know, you could you can mix and match, you know, every yep. every game, and which is going to be good and total opposite of what we've seen the last couple of years. So for me, I think Cashman did a really good job this year. Yeah. He didn't get uh, Yamamoto, but you know what? Yamamoto wanted to play for the Dodgers. He wanted to play for with Otani and all that. So I'm not, I'm not going to beat him up for that. Um, it would have been nice to get one of the pitchers in a trade, obviously Burns, but listen, th- the other team has to like our guys and the guy, the guys that we're willing to trade. So yeah, and just getting back to Jones, like I said, I don't think they're going to move him until they know Soto is is signed. Once he's signed, I think next year, that's when they'll play with. Um, and Jones. was Jones like twenty two? Mm, 
Maybe. Because he was, what, a couple years in college? Yeah. He might be 22, 23 at the most. Yeah. Hmm. It's crazy to think, but nowadays that's like old for a prospect. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Our, people's expectations now. People, I mean, Jaron Duran is a perfect example. You got to be patient with these guys. And I'm saying that as much to myself as to anybody else that's listening. Because right. for a while there, I had Jaron Duran as the next Bobby Dahlbeck. Get rid of him. He's a bum. And now I'm like, you got to build around him. It's, it's great. <laughs> so you just got to, with prospects, you got to either give them regular at-bats or regular starts or, you know, you got to give them time to become the player they're going to become. And sometimes fans definitely don't, we don't have patience for that. But sometimes the organization, you're just in a win now mode or you're rebuilding and it just doesn't work out where certain prospects, you always see it. They go to a different team and they flourish. Spencer Jones is 22. Okay. So, yeah. So the guy should be right now in in his senior year of college, doing some homework, finishing up, getting ready to graduate soon, a couple months. Instead, he'll walking. be invited to spring training. Yeah. And instead, he's in spring training, and fans are like, come on, where is he? Let's go. Right. Put him in center. Let's go. <laughs> Baby judge. Come on. Right. That's that's go up already. That's a pretty like, high. This guy should be in organic chemistry class right now. Like, right. <laughs> put it all into perspective. Exactly. And, so. and the great thing is the Yankees don't have to rush him up this year. Same thing with Dominguez coming back from the injury. They don't have to rush these guys. You know, keep um, Spencer Jones. He's going to start in double A. Keep him down there. You know, if he starts blowing away double A, then yeah, move him up to triple A. That's fine. And Dominguez, you could slowly bring him back. And just let him DH for a while down in AAA, get the at-bats and build up that way until he's playing every day center field. That's when you bring him up. But there's no rush in bringing this guy up. And, you know, like last year with the – I and just why a lot of people are comparing it to, but with Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper DH'd, right, the first couple of months with Philly yeah. before they started. And I think his power numbers didn't come back. Right, exactly. So – and they didn't take, you know, they just, he just went right to the majors. You know what I mean? So he yeah. did all of that kind of, I don't want to say it's rehab work, but he did all that work up in, in the majors. And I don't think the Yankees don't have to do that with Dominguez. There's no rush. You know, the the outfield is loaded without him. And when he does, here's the thing too. Like when he's ready, like let's say if he's ready by the all-star break, he's playing AAA outfield. He's fine. He's hitting all that. And they could bring him up. If everybody's healthy, what are you going to do? Are you going to have you're going to carry what seven outfielders? You know, Judge. It'll be Judge Grisham, Soto, Stanton, Verdugo, and Dominguez. Wow. <laughs> so someone's going to get traded at that point. I would yeah. think you know Verdugo maybe. Would they trade Grisham? I don't know. I, I would think Verdugo, but but I'm thinking too far ahead, and I'm thinking too positive with the Yankees. Unfortunately, oh, that's the beauty about this time of year. Yeah, because <laughs> always... both teams are healthy. 
<laughs> yeah, things are going to work out beautifully. Yeah, nobody's had any setbacks. Everybody's no. healthy. Judges no, got fifty home runs by the All Star. Next next episode, I'll. <laughs> I, I'm not sure when my positivity is going to reach an all time <laughs> high, but it's coming soon because the Red Sox will sign Zach Greinke, and I'll pencil him in for twelve wins, <laughs> and then the season will start. <laughs> and then that's when this. That's what, right now we're riding up the first part of the roller coaster. You know when it goes real slow. Yeah. This like oh, it's a great view from up here. Nice <laughs> little cool breeze, and then <laughs> reality sets it. Yeah. So no, but right now that's the beauty about this part of the year, this time of year. It's like everybody's healthy. Everything. I hate to say it. Everything's out in front of us. Yeah. It, and and it really and is. it actually is right now. So right until until something happens, until we start seeing some action on the field, this is yeah. what we got to talk about. You know, like yeah. what these teams can be, or what they can't be. And until we prove in one way or the other, this is what we got. So, um, I'm I'm interested though. I'm it's going to be an interesting spring training for both our teams. Uh, because I still think there's moves out there for both teams, not just for yours. I think it's from the Yankees too. I think there's yeah. moves out there. So and we keep saying there's gonna be more trades. So I think there might be. And then there's also gonna be, you know, injuries in spring training and where those big four names go and that trickle down effect to the other teams. And so lot to lot to keep in mind. But pitchers and catchers report, I believe, on Wednesday. And full squads report probably this weekend. So by next episode, we'll have full team workouts. Yeah. And I do have an on this day. Um, it's it's very random. I was looking for on this day for our teams. The closest I could come up with was on this day in 1880. <laughs> the Boston Red Caps cut the price of season tickets from $14 to 12 after the team failed to win its third straight pennant. So the team doesn't win a third straight pennant and they say, no, we'll give you a break. Can you imagine that happening nowadays? No. (laughs) Dodgers, after this year, the Dodgers don't make the World Series, they don't win the pennant, and they lower prices. Not going to happen. No. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) And also... The catcher's mask was patented today. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I guess the captain of Harvard University, the baseball team at Harvard, put a patent on it. So, yeah, a lot of stuff that happened off the field, obviously. Well, I got Uh, one Yankee one for you. Okay. Uh, Derek Jeter announced today in 2014 that it was going to be his final, his 20th and final season. Oh, okay. Huh. And we know what happened. And he obviously retires as the all-time leader in games. I didn't realize games played. I knew hits. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking someone else's games played, but. Did he, did he break Mickey Mantle's? Um, Might have been Mickey's record, games played. Career leaders for games played. Derek Jeter is 30th all time. My God. (laughs) So 10 guys have played 3,000 games or more. 
we'll end with this trivia. Don't overthink it. I had a couple of trivia too. That was gonna okay. Well, this is my trivia to you. Who do you think the top ten on games played? These are all over three thousand games played, and everyone is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, eight out of the ten, and number nine will be in soon. All right. So obviously nine out of the ten. You said Jeter, right? Uh, no, Jeter's thirty. Oh, th- oh, okay. Oh, all right. Uh, Willie Mays. Willie Mays is number nine. Uh, Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb is sixth. Pete Rose. Pete Rose is first. Um, Hank Aaron. Uh, Hank Aaron is third. Babe Ruth. No. No, Babe Ruth is wow. I'm trying to think of the hit leaders. Uh, uh, one guy from my team. Oh, uh, uh, Yastrzemski. Yep, Yastrzemski is second. Um, we got a future Hall of Famer, just retired. Albert Pujols. Yep. Uh, Caleb, and then, uh, Stan Musial. Stan Musial is tied for seventh with one with a uh, really famous Hall of Famer, uh, I believe switch hitter. Switch hitter. In your lifetime. Eddie Murray? Late 70s, 80s, 90s. Not Eddie Murray. Yep. Eddie Murray, okay. And then there's one at 10 and 10 and four. Four was just a fast guy and 10 was just dependable. Ricky Henderson? Ricky Henderson. And 10th was... Cal Ripken? You, you almost forget about him, but yeah, Cal Ripken. Hmm, okay. That's crazy. Only 10 guys have played 3,000 games. That is when you think about it. But, uh, yeah, Something but you have trivia. Just I, you know what? Uh, uh, MLB was doing it today on um, on hot stove. They were trying to connect football with the you know back to back championships, back to back MVPs. Um, only four players have won multiple World Series MVP awards. Wow. One was very recent. The rest are not as recent. Ooh. Think uh this year. World Series? World Series MVPs. Mickey Mantle? No. Who won it this oh. year? Oh Jesus. <laughs> Corey Seeger. Right. He's one. There we go. Think of a Yankee. Obviously. I'm thinking all the way back to the fifties and we're talking well, last year. All right, the, the, um, if if I if I have to think of a Yankee and it's not Yogi, Yogi. no, no, not that far back. He was oh, the, um, Reggie Jackson. Yep, seventy three and seventy seven. The other two are pitchers. He, he won it in seventy three, and obviously he won in seventy seven. Yeah. Huh. Was that Baltimore or was that Oakland? I, I think, think that was Oakland. Yeah. The other two are pitchers in the sixties. And you know him both, so. Oh, boy. If I told you the teams, you'd get it right away, so. Well, it's definitely not with the Red Sox. No. Cardinals? I'm going to say Bob Gibson and Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Bob Gibson, 64-67. Sandy Koufax, 63-65. And I I think I've said it before, but if you want to talk about parallels to football, Sandy Koufax's career is like the Barry Sanders of baseball. 
or like a Gail Sayers. Like, yeah, just I think amazing, Sayers. but such a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, here's another one. This one, I, I'm just going to tell you them because it's kind of hard. Two M players with at least two MVP awards and three World Series titles. Two MV two regular season MVP awards. Yep, and three and World three Series. World Series titles. Yeah, you could imagine there's one, two, three, four of the five are Yankees. <laughs> so, all right, so you could, a theme. you could probably name them all. They're all the big guys. Ruth, no, wow, not that okay. far, <laughs> not that far back. No, not the fifties, forties. DiMaggio. DiMaggio's won three MVPs and nine World Series titles. Oh my God, Yogi Berra. Yes, three MVPs, ten World Series titles. Yeah, DiMaggio only had three and nine. That's yeah, it. jump, slacking. <laughs> um, and I'll say Mickey Mantle. Three World Series titles, seven. Uh, I'm sorry, seven World Series titles and three MVPs. Uh, wow. What the other Yankee, Roger Maris? Oh. MVPs and three World Series titles, and the non-Yankee, the only non-Yankee, was Stan the Position Man. Position player or pitcher? Stan the Man. Stan the Man. Three and three. I think the other stat that I saw in Stan Musial, among others, that were just mind blowing. Was after his first game, he never batted under 300 in his career. Wow. Same thing with, I think it was Ichiro. I think I saw something with both of them. Um, Ichiro was like after the first week of the season, he never batted below 300. And I don't think Stan Musial batted under three. I think it was even higher after he went like one for three. <laughs> his career average stayed above like. In the three thirties, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, he's he's another one on Baseball Reference. It's just a model of consistency, and that was from age what twenty seven on. So imagine if he played here from twenty. Oh, that's Ichiro. Yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. Um, here's another one. Uh, the teams since the divisional era started in nineteen sixty nine, only five teams have won back to back World Series titles. Uh, the Reds. Yep, 75-76. This one's easy. The Yankees. Yep, twice. 77-78 and 98 to 2000. Um, three in a row. How many were there? Five. So you're missing two. Oh, boy. One from the 70s, one from the 90s. That's your hint. That's an easy hint. One from the seventies. Yeah, think of the other great seventies team outside of the Reds. Early seventies. Oh, early seventies. Um, right before them, actually. They won three in a row. Oh my god! How am I? They're a team that we talk about in a bad way, unfortunately, all the time. We're still talking. Oh, about Oakland. Yes. <laughs> um. And the 90s team is? The 90s team would be, oh, um, Toronto. Correct. We'll walk off with Joe Carter. That, and, that was an amazing series. Yes, that was. And here's another, like, this, I don't want to say trivia because I don't think we'll, because I know I wouldn't be able to get all these. Uh, managers to win at least three World Series titles. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I could, you know what? I'll just. I'll, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there was a Yankee in there. There's a couple. <laughs> yeah. Joe McCarthy. How, how many people are on this list? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Bruce Bochy. He's one. He's got four, which is third most. Wow. Francona? Uh, Francona. No. No, he didn't win it with Cleveland. Right. He won two with you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Curry? Tory, four. Like you said, McCarthy. Um, he had seven. McCarthy. Casey Stengel? He also had seven. Oh, my God. A couple of old-time names and a couple of names that we would like more out of. Hmm. I'm blanking right now. Um, Christy, uh, not Christy Matthewson. Um, what's his name? Connie Mack? Five. Tony Lasorda? No. Uh, Tony LaRusso, I'm sorry. I mixed up. Tony Russo had three. Yeah. I mixed up Tommy Lasorda and Tony LaRusso. Think of a guy going into the Hall of Fame this year. Jim Leland. No. No. Or was it last year? Well, it had to be last year because this year was Jim Leland. Last year. Last year. Tigers. Marlins. Yeah, Jim Leland. Yeah, not him, though. Not him. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not Leland, but this guy coached the Tigers. Oh, uh, Sparky Anderson. Yes, I'm sorry. Three. So I, threw I was like, one. he coached the Marlins? Yeah. <laughs> and who did you He was around that long? Walton Alston. Okay. He got four. And the last one is, did you have Miller Higgins? Miller Huggins? No. Uh, three. And McGraw. John McGraw is three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's that. Wow. That's, yeah. Seven is nothing to sneeze at. Three isn't bad either. But seven is. Hey, this team's. Seven championships is a um, <laughs> pretty solid career. I think teams are happy with one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like a who's who of managers. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, that was that was an interesting list that you can. Yeah, that was a who's who, pretty much. Um, but yeah, like I said, next week, this time next episode, we'll have um, full team training. So hopefully, some more moves and um, real baseball in a couple of weeks. But um, cool. this was episode one thirty five of Talking Rivals. You can find us on Twitter or X at Talking Rivals. You follow Chris at CP7NY. I'm at Patrick Trotty. Uh, you can follow Sportswire Radio with a Z, sportswireradio.org. Um, check out the other good programming and follow the station manager at Thomas Bryce 2017. Um, and until next time, you know, we're going to be talking actual, actual spring training next week. So uh, until then, have a good week. See you next week.